Hey, you fucking savages. It's Greg Medford here. I'm going there with Greg uh, live here in Phoenix. Uh, I've got a guest in the house today. We're going to talk a little bit. I want to, as I have for the last couple of weeks, I just want to start with a couple of numbers to assuage panic. We had a wonderful uh, candidate come in, apply for a job yesterday. I'd like to hire the guy, and he wore a mask the whole time. He wore a mask the whole time, and I thought to myself, yeah, do I want that guy here? Smart dude. Dexterous, mechanically inclined. Seemed like he would be a good fit, except he wore a mask the whole time. When I see people these days wearing a mask, just so you guys know out there, you know, you guys see dumb, anti-science, freedom-loving people. And, uh, uh, and, and, and all of you liberal arts majors and you fucking hippies from Columbia University and... NYU and your Eastern establishment, you see dummies, and I see liberal arts majors who fucking failed out of physics and chemistry and became journalism majors who didn't do anything interesting in their whole fucking lives, and all they do is talk about other people because they actually haven't done anything outside of fuck with their faces, drink wine, and hang out at bohemian parties in important cities. And they think we're a bunch of dummies. And they're reporting on the science of the day with their liberal arts degree. Awesome. So I like to start lately with some factotums for you liberal hipsters out there and you mask wearing fear mongers, you scaredy cats, and I would call you 97 percenters since when you say three percenters, it's supposed to be bad, even though we're the ones who stood up for and fought for the freedom really of the entire globe. I like to start with just some factotums to... Uh, Fold up and stick in your Birkenstock exposed toes for the day while you hipster around your coffee joints, waxing rhapsodic with your Jack Kerouac-esque bullshit. Here we go. Just just a little fun here. <laughs> Sonny, you, you didn't know what you got in for, right? <laughs> so 2012, we're going to go back a couple years here, folks. We're going to run through the last decade. 8.1%. Uh, 8.1 deaths per thousand in America. One year later, an extreme change. It went to 8.2. 2014, an extreme change to 8.3. 2015, 8.4. 2016, 8.5. 2017, 8.6. 2018, 8.7. This is death per thousand. Just deaths. This gets rid of all the politics, all the judgment, all the thumbs on the scale, all the doctors, all the incentives from the NIH, and all the money. Because if you want to follow the fuckery, follow the cash. 2016, 8.5. 2017, 8.6. 2018, 8.7 deaths per thousand. 2019, get ready for the big change. Here it happens. 2018, 2019. Oh, wait a minute. 8.7. Sorry. No change. Uh, this is the crazy one, though. 2020, you know, three quarters of the year fully in COVID, shut down, heads thoroughly up our own asses in the mystery of COVID. It, we have the biggest, no, and actually, it's 8.9. It's exactly on track, one-tenth growth every single year for the last decade. Global decision-making data from KNOEMA.com. And what's interesting is the death rate has gone down as our population has increased. The percentage of death has decreased slightly. So you might think there's more death. Society is bad. All things bad. America bad. Racism. There's people dying. But it's not true. 
uh, there's just a hell of a lot more people. There's more and more people every year. And so the, at 8.9 deaths per thousand, our increase, our, our decrease in the death rate overall across the population went down from 1.29% to 1.19%. So in the, in the year of the explosion of COVID, the gigantic overreaction, overreach, and oppression of freedom-loving peoples globally, during that year, death went as percentage of people down and was exactly on track for the last decade. So just a little, it gets rid of all the, what did they die of? Like for instance, Colin Powell, rest his soul, died a couple days ago. And the headline was COVID-19, not blood cancer, not 84, not a bunch of complications and life-threatening illness in the hospital. It was COVID complications. So I just like to throw that out there before we get started on our little chit chat for the day. I want to welcome Arizona uh, Senate leader, Sonny Borelli. How you doing, Sonny? I'm doing great. You also forgot to mention that he was fully vaccinated. <laughs> yeah, fully yeah, vaccinated. Yeah. I, I, you know, I understand how vaccines work. They're not 100%. They're good vaccines are in that 80 to 90% and you get enough of the people with it. It creates a block numerically from vast uh, infection. So I, I, don't, I hate putting that out there and having somebody who actually maybe went to a biology class get in my grill about it, but you're absolutely right. And it's an anecdotal point that uh, is not lost on me. Uh, hey, let's start talking about you. We just get, you know, uh, Marines are like retards in an airport. <laughs> we get total strangers gonna run up and, hey man, what'd you do? Where you go? What'd you do? And all of a sudden, next thing you know, you have a beard and uh, introduce families. Um, tell us a little bit, where'd you grow up? Well, I was born in upstate New York, but I grew up in California and Texas and then back to California. Okay, where in upstate New York? Uh, I was born in uh, Rochester, New York. Rochester? Yeah. Um, when did you leave Rochester? When you were quite I was like, like two or three years old, something like that. Three oh, okay. or four, something like that. Moved to the San Gabriel Valley in California. Sixth grade, my folks split up and I went to Texas with my dad. And I uh, was in 10th grade in high school in Texas and I came back to California to be with my mother. And then I joined the Marines in 1977. And I joined in 1987. I was 10 years behind you. Um, yeah. And what's your MOS in the Marine Corps? What did you do in the Marine Corps? Well, I started out as an 0341, 81 millimeter mortarman, and then I lat moved to the motor transport field. And then uh, when I was a staff sergeant, I lateral moved over to the logistics embarkation field. So I was an 0431 and became an 0491. Yeah. Cool. And Combat service support. Yeah. And give us an idea kind of where you were. Uh, I spent most of my career on the West Coast, uh, Okinawa. Geez, four tours in Okinawa. You know, you have deployments and, you know, the normal stuff. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I retired in 1999 and I escaped from California and moved to Arizona so to you, Lake Havasu. So you got in the Marine Corps in 77. Right. Out in uh, 99, if I remember correctly, 22-year service, right? Correct. Correct. And then, uh, and, and then you were with the uh, 1st Division when... Who were you with when the Gulf War happened? I was at 1MF. I was at 1MF G4 okay. uh, during the Desert Shield Desert Storm. And then after that, I went to 2nd Battalion, 5th Marines. I was at uh, Company Gunny for Echo and Fox Company. And they had a couple of gunnies. One got injured, one got deployed or got sent home or whatever. So I got to, was able to fill in for that, which is great because I, man, I had the best time of my, uh, to be 
in, in the Marine Corps as a gunnery sergeant as being a company gunny for a rifle company. I'll tell you what, that's awesome stuff, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That puts you right up there next to God's oh, co-pilot. Uh, yeah, you're, you're with, you're with, you are with, you are with the angels when you're with a, a rifle company. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah uh, I, lo I love the Infantry Marine Corps. There's something awful and wonderful yeah. about it all at the same time. So, uh, did you get a deployment uh, to the Middle East at all? No. Okay, no, so no. you were in this. You're, you you did 22 years in the Marine Corps, and you made it. You managed to squeak right in between the wars. Well, yeah, you know the Marine Corps tells you where you got to go. You're going to go. <laughs> no, you know? I get so, it. I get it. I get it. Uh, when I was at one MFG four, I was the, the strategic mobility chief, and which was a master gunny billet. Here I'm a staff sergeant, so uh, you know the entire uh, MEF went in country, and they left me with a private first class right out of embark school. They handle the ground and, and, and uh, air and surface uh, transportation, getting all the beans, bullets, band-aids, personnel and equipment from the entire West Coast to Saudi Arabia via ground, surface, and air transportation. And, of course, the entire staff went in country to play catch while I was playing. I was pitching all that stuff. But I had a great time. Well, thank and, you for, and, all, thank you for <laughs> all the stuff that you got uh, yeah. me over there. I was, in the gear, I was in the rear with very little gear because we were sending everything we could. It yeah. wasn't nailed down. I was sending it, and, and it was a great thing. And, uh, of course, we had a MAC liaison officer back then. It was MAC. A military airlift command, and then they yep. changed their name to AMC, which we said aircraft might come, you know. Yeah. But uh, they had an Air Force lieutenant colonel who was the uh, Mac Low, and and of course, as soon as he figured out how to do knew how to do air embark, he 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 took off and got it so he can get his ticket punched by being in, in country. So, bottom line is it's it is what it is, and I was doing the job and no no great you know, taking care of business. But uh, and of course, cool. I was supposed to rotate in and rotate the guys out, but then. It ended quickly. It ended too quick, yeah. yeah. I mean, like Sam Kinison said, in a hundred hour war, I've had <laughs> I've had parties that lasted but more than a hundred hours. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was uh, seven weeks of mayhem and fun and then yeah. and then it was over really quickly. Yeah, yeah. Thank goodness too. I mean, thank goodness. Yeah, of course. People ask me all the time, and I say, I, you know, it was nothing like what was going on with this asymmetrical right. um, high Well, that was that was the Powell Doctrine. Get well, in there, win, and leave, period. Well, well, and not only that, it was very much a World War II style of conflict. It was these large force on force, sure. ground, large tank units rolling, and, you know, yeah. line assaults. Very, very yeah. different than what we've seen asymmetrical warfare right. the last Absolutely. 20 years, this high energy, Boyd's Law. Yep. Uh, kinetic warfare, which is a totally different animal. Uh, well, listen, uh, glad you are out and serving the state of Arizona. Um, you got going, uh, one election in 2012 in 2013 sworn in with the uh, Arizona house. Right. Served there until 17. I did, I did four years in the house and then okay. ran for the Senate. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, tell me how come you left the house? Well, uh, Kelly Ward was our, our senator. We're from the same district, and she ran against John McCain, created a vacancy, and uh, I got pushed over to run for the Senate. So, you know, that's what I did. What were you doing at the time um, when you decided to first run for House? Well, I was on city council, actually. Um, you know, I got to— Is that in Havasu, or where in, was in that? Lake, in Lake Havasu. And are you still from Havasu? Yeah, I'm still living in Lake Havasu. Uh, I moved there in uh, 2000 right after I retired from the Marine Corps. And it's the longest I've ever been in one spot my entire life. <laughs> and, I, and I'm happy. And, and Lake Havasu is a wonderful city to live in. And, uh, you know, especially if you're a retired guy, you'd like to, you know, fish and, and boating. You have and, a boat. And a boat and motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't have a boat anymore. Right. There's two There's two days that you really love bo to have a boat. It's one when you, the day you buy it and the, the day, day you sell it. it. Yeah. Because yeah. boat break means, it's an acronym, it means break out another thousand. But, uh, you know, so, uh, but, uh, you know, I'm, Anyway, so uh, here's my. I was retired, 
right after 9-11, I was trying to clear my plate and sell everything. It's all my business because I was trying to get back on active duty. Headquarters Marine Corps called me up, said, hey, Gunny, you ready to come back if we need you? I'm like, I'm ready to go. I'll be in, I could be in 29 Palms in three hours. I could be at Camp Pendleton in four and a half hours. My bags are packed. Just tell me where to report in. They said, no, 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 just stand by. We want to make sure that you're ready if you want to come back. I'm like, I'm ready to go. Let's, I'm good. I don't even need a billet. Just Gunny at large. I don't care. Bring me back. And uh, of course, you know, when you're over 30% disability, they kind of put you out to pasture. So, you know, whatever. But that's what was my rating by the VA. And that's why I believe that's why they, they didn't pull me back. And I said, I don't even need a billet. So, but uh, anyway, so I was you know, trying to clear off my plate, sold my businesses, ready to come back in. And so I was retired. And um, so my routine was pretty much, you know, go to the American Legion every morning, drinking coffee with the old guys, being the, you know, because you're, you know, you're 50, you're, you're a baby in the place. So you get to bust chops, you know. Right. And, uh, so I'm drinking coffee with the guys every morning, reading the newspaper, being frustrated what I'm reading in the newspaper, what's going on in the city. Mm -hmm. So then, you know how it is, you know, other vets, hey, put up or shut up, run for city council, we're tired of hearing you complain. So a city council race was coming up, and it was a there was two incumbents, and it was three seats, so two incumbents and an open seat, and the two incumbents were doing a good job. So it was an open seat. So I figured, ah, you know, I'm going to be a ball breaker. I'm going to go down there, I'm going to pull a packet and, and see it and just fill it out and turn it in and just say I, that I pulled papers. So that's what I did. I pulled papers and they turned it in. And, and uh, of course, a week later, it's in the newspaper, all the people that pulled a packet for, you know, to run for city council. And then they're like, Sonny, you're running for city council. Well, I pulled a packet. We'll see what's up. I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then finally, you know, a couple weeks later, they're like, are you going to run? Because if you don't, you're, you're, you're a puss, you know? So I kind of got goaded into it. Right, right. So I'm like, okay, whatever. I'll so they kind of called your bluff. Yeah, they kind of called me, called you know, called <laughs> yeah. me out, and I was still complaining about what was in the, you know, what I was reading in the paper. Right. And uh, next thing you know, I'm running for city council, and then they said, "You're going to screw up and get elected." And sure as anything, I, I got elected. So what did you do? Give me the kind of. Uh, did you set up an office or just go around? It's small town. You yeah, go around and meet everybody, and, shake hands. You know, and you you got to go out and get signatures to get on the ballot. You know, you got to get a petition going on and get enough signatures to get on the ballot, and then just. Just meet people, and of course, I'm the kind of guy was I was always I'd go and hang out where the city workers would hang out, because I want to find out what's going on. Well, you know, I said earlier, what if I wanted to find out what was anything was wrong in a platoon or one of the companies? Uh, I didn't go and talk to them. I didn't no. talk to the senior NCOs no, or, or, or the officers. <laughs> yeah. I, I talked to them lance corporals and PFCs and privates, man, because out of the mouths of babes, they'll tell you all kinds of stuff. So, yeah. so that's what I would do, and. Uh, Next thing you know, I got elected to the city council, and uh, I was on I was on council about uh, about a year and a half, and then uh, an opening came up for the House of Representatives. One of the, it was one of the seats was termed out, so Nancy McLean ran for Senate, and I was being pressured by to run for an open seat, and I went to my mayor and I said, "Hey, Mark, uh, the mayor, Mayor Nexon, I said, hey, Mark, I, I just want to let you know I'm being pressured by a lot of people in the county to run for that open seat. I want to let you know." I like being on city council. I have no intentions of running for the House of Representatives. I like being here. I'm, I think we're doing a great thing because we were we were like, this is right when the recession hit. So we downsized the city uh, as far as personnel goes. We did a whole consolidation and we were getting ahead of that power curve economically and just shoring things up. So, you know, without raising taxes, I mean, we're, we did a lot of phenomenal things. And I said, I like being on city council. We're doing a good, you know, getting a lot of things done here. I said, so I just want to let you know, relax, I'm not going to bail on you. He goes, actually, I'm kind of glad you brought this up because I'm being pressured by the mayor from Bullhead and Kingman to convince me to convince you to run for that open seat. Well, tell him I'm not interested. I'm happy where I am. He goes, well, actually, I kind of like the idea. And I said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. 
what do you mean? So I think you should run for the house. I go, wait a minute. I thought you liked me. He goes, I do like you. Then why are you trying to get rid of me? Yeah, so it's having, yeah. so having Sue's got a better voice. Yeah, and he goes, why, do you, why are you trying to get rid of, rid of me? He goes, well, I don't want to get rid of you. I like you. You're doing a great job. You find out what's going on in the city because you know when city staff is lying and I go get the truth. Because sometimes these uh, city uh, department heads, they're trying to get over on the city council yeah, and they want to spend yeah. money, whatever. And I'll, I just go find out the real deal. And um, he says, we need a guy like you in, in Phoenix. I'm like, no, no, no. I don't like Phoenix. I don't know. It's okay. I like being here. I don't want to go to Phoenix. They can have a big city. No, no, thank you. He goes, Sonny, I really, I think you do a great job there. Why? Because you don't put up with anybody's BS. You're going to, we're going to, you're going to fight. And that's what we need. We need a loud voice that's going to be, that's going to fight and do the work. Okay. So, so that's what I did. Next thing you know, I, I got elected to the House of Representatives. So in the House, um, did you find um, in, during your period uh, Republicans in a narrow majority? We actually, there was 30, when I first got elected, there was 36 Republicans in the House. And I think there was like 18 senators, Republican senators at the time. And then, of course, it starts dwindling over the years. You know, I have to tell you, when I got first got elected um, to the House of Representatives, I'm standing on the House floor, and you start reflecting, because it's, it's a very humbling, impressive kind of a thing. It's very intimidating, and... Especially with a guy like my my background. Look, I, you know, I'm standing around there. I'm looking. We're getting sworn in. I'm looking around. I'm like, my God, how in the hell did I get here? I says, look, I grew up in a broken home. I dropped out of high school. I got my GED. I joined the Marine Corps. I survived that 20 years. Yeah, I, you know, I have small business, this and that. And, and I got on city council. And now I am here and I'm looking around. I'm seeing some of my colleagues are very impressive individuals. Yeah. And they, College degrees, businessmen, you know, very accomplished people. And I'm like, how in the hell did I get here? Two months later, I'm listening to these arguments on the House floor, and I'm like, how in the hell did you guys get here? Yeah. Because you have no clue what's going on. In, in, There's in, an in, illusion in, that the people in power are supposed to be sharp yeah, and smart yeah. and all of that. And yeah. for the most part, it's just goddamn well, a lot not of them, true. A lot, a lot of them are disengaged in their own districts, and it's really kind of frustrating. And I'm, I'm sure, and I'm giving a give benefit of the doubt because. I live in a, a city. It's it's you know fifty five thousand people. It's relatively small, and I can you know I can be all over. But my district is is very large, Mojave and La Paz County. But these folks, their districts are pretty much they could they could walk through their whole district right. in a day. Right. And being a publicist, being in a bar or restaurant, people don't even know who they are. So, um, yeah. in Arizona, there are um, how many how many house seats total are there? There are sixty house and thirty senate. So of the, and then when you run for house. Um, it's there's two house seats in each district, right? That's correct. So there's 30 house districts uh, here in Arizona. Co correct. And then is it the top two winners get the spots? Well, you have a Republican primary and Democrat primary, so you know it. it the general election, you're going against. So the, it's uh, two Dems it's, versus two Republicans. Or it could be some districts are one Republican and one Democrat in a in a house in in that district in the house, and what whoever a senator could be. Okay. Yeah. And then um, what made you decide to make the jump over to Senator? Well, Kelly Ward uh, at the time, uh, she's our party chair now. Uh, she ran she wanted, she wanted, ran for uh, against uh, John McCain, which created a vacancy. So they put a placeholder in uh, after she resigned to run. They put a placeholder in there to hold that seat. Uh, and then, of course, when the election came up, then I, I jumped over to the Senate. So I was encouraged to run for the, the Senate. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and do you... What's next for you? Do you see any uh, do you see any bigger offices? 
Well, I've got uh, one more election to go, and I term out in the Senate. We have term limits, eight consecutive years in the House, or eight consecutive years in the Senate. I did four and jumped over. The clock started all over again. So I got one more term to do. So I'm up for re-election in, in 22, and I term out in 24. And then what? Well, then I guess I'll just go back to Lake Havasu and, uh, you know, be retired. I'm trying to, you know, <coughs> leaders are always looking for the replacement. So I'm, I'm trying to groom, uh, you know, a bench and, and uh, to replace me. So, you know, it's it's very difficult for us in rural Arizona that, you know, I, I there's over 30, over 30 legislators that represent Maricopa County interests. In my district, there's two counties. I represent two counties. There's just three of us, two House members and, and a senator. So if we have to build a coalition and relationships with other rural legislators, if we were actually going to be able to uh, have our voice be heard and, and get anything for our district, because the state of Maricopa, they think their own state. So obviously right, we've right. seen that with the audit, how much these county supervisors have been playing in these, in these games with us. But, um, but, but you have to be able to, you know, uh, fight for your district and, 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 and remember there's the rest of the states, not just my own district that I have to, to worry about. You think you might run for U.S. Congress? I uh, have no desire to go to Washington, D.C. I think Washington, D.C. is lost. I think that's not a swamp. It's a cesspool. I really salute our Republican delegation that's there because they are fighting uh, in that muck that uh, is despicable. These it's people, a shithole. It's a shithole. And, yeah. and you know what? And the Democrats hate this country. They get out there and they, and just all you got to do is listen to them. They'll tell yeah. you exactly what they're going to do. Anytime they accuse you of something, they're doing it themselves. So I did um, a whole show on this yesterday. They, they, they say they love America and all of this stuff and everything they do really? is the opposite. Well, look, look what we got going on just down yeah. in the Yuma sector. We've got Intel right now. There's going to be, we're going to be flooded with over 60,000 people coming up from Mexico. It's going to hit the, uh, the, uh, Yuma sector in about two weeks. Okay, they're going to bum rush that border, and all that's going to do is and the cartels run the border. Right. They got control. The, the the Mexican government doesn't have control of their own border. Right. So they're going to flood that with human traffic. It's coming. Okay, now, these are human trafficking slaves, okay, folks? Right. This is, you know, sex slaves and... You, and drugs and, and, and drugs everything. And everything. And the human trafficking, that's that's what they do. There's the decoy. That's, that's the blocker. Because what they're going to do while you're tied down with that, handling all them people... You're going to be running drugs through right. with impunity. Look, we've got video evidence of drug mules armed in Arizona mm -hmm. carrying dope, and they're armed. That's an invasion. They're foreign invaders. They may not be the part of the Mexican government, but they're Mexican nationals. These are, these are criminals, and the criminals have a full run of our border because of an uh, administration that is completely— uh, complicit uh, in with this. They're worse. This is actually worse than incompetent. You know, they, this is they, all. It's not incompetent. This is all by intentional, design. Yeah, they're to go. They're they're next. I heard yesterday. They're going to tear down the fence that's been built. I know. I heard that. That's and I said, that's are you, that's they're ludicrous. talking about allocating money to take the wall down. Right. So while they're opening up the borders and putting everybody on, you know, they're opening up the borders, letting anybody come over, whatever, willy nilly, and then then TSA is going to make you take your shoes off and give you a pat down or whatever just to get on an airplane, or you're going to get fired if you don't get vaccinated, or you you know if you're not right. wearing your face diaper. Some you know somebody's gonna be bugging the hell out of you. Yep. This is ridiculous. You're gonna get fired because you don't want to take the vaccination. It's your personal choice. So you went through the numbers. This has a, a fatality rate of zero point zero five seven eight percent. 
fatality rate. Mm -hmm. This is ridiculous. Right. They're marking. We I know people that that committed suicide. They were COVID positive. They rated that as a COVID death. That's ridiculous. We're all being lied to, folks. Right. If you want to take the vaccination, go right ahead. I don't begrudge anybody for what they're doing. Look, I just I'm against the mandate. I was against being forced to getting those dead gum uh, anthrax shots when I was in the Marine Corps. Yep. You know, they were not FDA approved. And, I, and you know what? I've talked to a lot of guys that I served with. And they're starting to get develop skin problems because of that. You know, so, you know, hey, we don't know what the long term effects on that stuff. And I'm, I'm just against the, the whole mandatory thing and the mandate. That's ridiculous. You know, if it's good information is what they should be doing. If you got to bribe people, if you got to coerce people, then right. something's wrong here. Right, right. And, well, just present the facts. Americans are actually very reasonable and generous folks. Sure. Give them the information and let them make a decision. But it's kind of tyranny. Look at the mayor of Tucson. Yesterday, I heard on the radio that the city council, the mayor and the council passed their resolution. They're forcing all their employees that they don't get vaccinated <clears throat> by, by, I think, uh, 5th of December or something like that. They're all going to get fired. Holy sh Oh, what is, what's, what, what is with the, And this is a Democrat mayor. Okay. So Tucson, Phoenix, you got Mayor Gallego. They're all doing the same kind of thing. They're defying, they are defying the state legislature. We passed laws that says no max, no vaccine mandate, no mask mandate. The education industrial complex, meaning the school boards association, took us to court, fighting us, uh, followed a lawsuit because we passed a law that, that messed around with the uh, Prop 208 or whatever um, on the uh, education funding thing. And they sued us, and, of course, they had a liberal judge who's legislating from the bench, you know, says in that budget burb, um, the bu budget reconcil reconcil reconciliation bill, bill. okay, yeah. um, the, there were some other things that was in that that kind of caught up that says, oh, this is unconstitutional. Well, part of that was mask mandates okay to ban the mask mandates and the vaccine ma mandates and even election integrity stuff we came up with a bill mark fitchum who's running for the <clears throat> secretary of state mm -hmm. he came up with a design for a ballot that you cannot counterfeit it's got 10 counterfeit countermeasures in it. it's got um the uh, uh what do you call it um state seal or watermark it's got state seal and it's got watermarks and you can't counterfeit this you can't xerox this thing off and reuse it so therefore we want to make sure that's election integrity that nobody can counterfeit a ballot it's all legit it got shot down it's it's that yeah, it was that passed through the legislature it passed through the budget put money behind it but that got tied up into that lawsuit so you know and the education industrial complex they don't care about kids it's all about employing adults pure and simple and that comes with the it's a union. The crt and everything else yep. this is not even they're not even well the School Board Association, it's a, it's a nonprofit organization. The Arizona Education Association, it's not a union, but they act like a union. Right. But look, these are the people that are controlling education for your kids. These are the people that, that are against parental authority. These are the people that want to that want to push through the uh, comprehensive sex education. Let me tell you something. I looked at those textbooks, and you can, I, even in committee, I couldn't show those textbooks up to a, to a uh to the, a camera. The camera, because it's porn. It's literally pornography. It's ridiculous. Hmm. So you've been butting heads with this uh, since this has all gotten going. And what do you think the end game is? I'm trying to figure out what is the end game for sabotaging the border. I mean, it seems really simple. Let let brown people from the south in, they will vote for you forever. Because that's no, the way not, Democrats no, think. This what, is not what, even brown people. What, what, this is not brown people. We got, we got Look, the Border Patrol is saying it's less... Less than, it used to be 50%, less than 50% that's coming across the border are, o, are OTMs, other than Mexican. Oh, excuse me, 
more than 50% are OTM. Okay. okay. Other than Mexican. So we got, we're talking about so people coming Haitian, from, South from America, Haitians, all kinds of stuff. The Middle East, uh, China. That's the one that weirds Europe. me out. What's I mean, weirding me out yeah. is that's becoming a venue for people to get here. You're so right. like if you can't get here from Lithuania or you can't get here from Belarus or you can't get here from Oman, you can go to Mexico City. Right. So American then... citizens are going to get patted down and get harassed by the TSA. Grandmother's going to get half naked, take it off her shoes to get on an airplane, go visit her grandparents. And yet they're opening the, 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 the borders wide open for possible terrorist cells. What's the end And by game? the way, we know there's terrorist cells coming across because yeah. we have international narco-terrorism already. Right. We, we've, there's dead bodies in the desert. Yeah, there's de I've seen there's that. There's heads in the desert. Yeah, I've seen there's that. There's the rape tree. This is, this is not just during Republican administrations here in Arizona. This went on during the Politano days. Because right. remember that? She was the one who was going out there saying, hey, there's there's dead there's bodies in the desert. There's there, there's heads have been cut off. There, the rape tree. There, she exposed all this. And, of course, you know, it was all political. She just sent a bill to... Uh, you know, here's here's a price tag bill that you owe as federal government, uh, George Bush, because of, we had to educate and medicate and, and incarcerate these illegal aliens. <laughs> what, so we want to be reimbursed. What, what do you think? I mean, I have a couple of ideas, but what do you think being inside the political machine? What's the end game for them? The end game for the uh, socialists? They've take, completely taken over. They're, they're, are are they basically standard. just trying to break the engine? They're trying to break the machine? Sure. Like, well, when you read Cloward Piven, all the 60 radicals, you know, it's collapse the system was a Cloward Piven method. And then, of course, what you see, they're, they've totally adopted Alinsky's rules for radicals for as their playbook to to do the fight. And you just got to be able to understand their enemies, you know, read their playbook and, and you know their strategy and recognize it. I mean, they're yeah, just trying so, to break us and bankrupt us. That's yeah, it. Yeah. So the reason you pass a five and brain, trillion and, 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 not and brainwash. brainwash and, and indoctrinate, come on, you, you, your opening was perfect. What kind of a job are you going to get with a liberal arts degree? May I take your order, please? That's about it. You know, be an engineer, do something, you know, a trade. You know, look, it's crazy when you got to go $100,000 in debt for a degree that you can't even get a job with. You're being, you're all being bamboozled that this is one way to go. And of course, you got the presidents of these universities saying, oh, yeah. we want students for life. Yeah, it just keeps funding the engine. Right. Look, let me tell you something. This isn't going to shock you. I hope, I hope, it, I hope it shocks you. The university uh, set up, okay, the, everything, every revenue stream they get is tax free. Right. Everything. They all the money they get from the federal government is obviously tax free. State money they get from the federal government, all the tax Gifting. money they're getting from the state government, yep. from the federal government, even <clears> all <throat> the everything they do. They have property. They don't pay property taxes. Okay. They own property that they build uh, 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 housing units on, even though they're tied with a nonprofit, not for profit. They they don't pay any property taxes. So every revenue stream they get to include uh, you know their their athletic program. Everything they got, they get is completely tax free. Right. So how? But they're always screaming that they need more money. I mean, they remind me. My my grandmother used to say, "You kids, when well, you're spoiled, you don't know what you're doing." You, know, you you kids remind me of the old woman that has a ham underneath one arm, arm underneath one arm, and complains she has no bread. They've got everything, and yet, what do they happen? What happened to these poor these these college kids? Once they got their tuition paid, now they're being forced to get vaccines. Now they're being forced for masks. Why didn't they sell them that before they uh, paid their tuition? Right. You know, I'm waiting mm -hmm. for these college kids mm -hmm. to wake up and go, wait a minute. They said the Republicans are the ones where they're going to impose tyranny. But isn't the liberals imposing tyranny? No, it's definitely. So, so isn't, and I always say, well, liberal, you know, they're liberal, liberal, liberal. I'm like, wait a minute. What does the word liberal mean? Okay. What is the meaning of liberal? 
Liberal means more of, right? <clears throat> so that'll spread your mayonnaise liberally on your on your sandwich, okay? Does that mean, mean more freedom or does it mean more government control? Well, unfortunately, folks, here's the reality. It's more government control. Right. Because the classic liberal says, leave me alone. So, so um, I mean, uh, all, all of the uh, generalizations aside, you think they're just trying to break the system. It's that Machiavellian. They don't, they, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Look at what, how Washington... Because they don't even care about getting the votes. Because it's not even a guarantee. Oh, they don't... They say one thing, but they're doing something else. It's totally Machiavellian. And if you don't, I'm glad you brought that up. Because you read the prints... When you look at Washington, D.C. and how the Democrats are operating, the deep staters, it's all Machiavellian. Right. It's all Machiavellian. I think they're trying to... It, my sense from the outside... They're communist infiltrators. My sense yeah. from the outside is there's a war going on, and I'd, I, there'd be a lot of red yeah. if it was up to me. Um, uh, it, that, that's supposed to be on the inside of yeah. people. I'm yeah. super frustrated about what looks to me to be a dismantling... It's like getting a... The coolest car in the world, and you put the foot to the floor, and you rev it until the engine blows up. Yeah. It seems like what they're doing. Well, and yeah, but look at what's going on, and you and you have to see it methodically. Okay, now number one, they always say never let a good crisis go to waste, right? So yeah. they see COVID. Remember when they were Nancy Pelosi was standing in the middle of Chinatown in, in San Francisco, and blasting President Trump because he was saying this. He's a racist. Yeah, yeah. Call him a racist. And, you know, she's in Chinatown. He's blaming China because of Wuhan virus, the Wuhan lab and all that stuff and they're blasting him for that but then all of a sudden they figured out oh how can we make this work for us oh well this next election because of covid 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 we're going to do all mail-in ballots yeah so now we have an election and everybody's going wait a minute there's no way this guy got more votes than barack obama okay and at his rallies he had people sitting in the middle of a hula hoop okay and this guy got more votes than barack obama and and donald trump when donald trump could fill up a football stadium and give me a break okay so now you have an election and everybody's going wait a minute time out here people went to the polls to vote and they were told they already voted something's wrong with the system so then we push for an audit Mark Vitchum, Leo Biasucci, myself, we organized that November 30th hearing. Mark was the lead dog in that sled. And we had the uh, the hearing at downtown Phoenix on November 30th. And then, of course, let the grass fire started. I pushed for a Senate hearing. We pushed for the audit. We're getting the audit started. And guess what? Now more ma mask mandates. We're talking the, uh, you know, the, the vaccines and, of course, CRT and more, you know, everything. It's all this out there. It's a distraction to get away from the real issue of an election that is obviously, in my opinion, completely illegitimate. All right, so I got a I got a seated Arizona senator, one of the f three or four people that were instrumental in getting the audit going. The whole country heard about. Yeah. We heard it reported. <laughs> now, just because there's just because there's only a certain amount of us that are actually vocal doesn't mean that the support's not there from the rest of my colleagues. Okay. Understood, because it yeah. wouldn't move forward if you didn't have everybody kind of exactly on board. Exactly right, exactly so, right. So let me ask you some questions about that. Let's get to that. I yeah. mean, I was going to work up to it, but you just dove right in. So um, we waited for months for this audit to go down, and it ended in a gigantic fizzle. And it ended being reported <laughs> by the media that it ver ver validated the election. That's basically what got reported. I actually sat with a Republican friend of mine the other night having uh, uh, some whiskey at his house. And he basically said, yeah, you know, the news, he, he said, yeah, you know, it basically the report came out and it validated, you know, the election. So what was the point? So they're all, I've heard that from a lot of people at this point. Yeah. I went through and read the brief on it and it was unclear to me. It wasn't real obvious. I mean, I saw inconsistencies. 
I saw stuff that I'm maybe not sure what the terminology, like what's the difference between a duplicate and a copy. And, you know, there's a bunch of anomalies, obviously, yeah. that I don't have the definitions because I don't live in that election sure. space and those spe special terms. Sure. But um, is, is it clear after having, okay, let me say a couple of things and then I'm going to ask you a question. I think there's always some mess to election. And I think it always... Sure, nothing is 100% perfect, right? Right, right. And I think we've probably always tolerated maybe a half a percent or less of death, movement, inaccuracy, duplicate, someone order, uh, voted for their mom who just died because it was filled down on the and table. And that's usually, that's usually the kind of like the, the that that thing. Somebody's, uh, somebody's voting for somebody that died, their, their mother or whatever, that kind of stuff, that kind of stuff will kind of happen. Ballot harvesting happens. There's always been, nothing's So I, yeah. I'm going to say there's always been a little haze around the edges, okay? Sure. And we've all kind of tolerated that because it would have to turn into this, you know, we get it all done in one day. It's amazing that it <laughs> that it can kind of happen in a day, right? And by with a country with 330 million people, we can typically call it at midnight. It's pretty amazing. It's a lot of, it's a lot of data and it's a lot of moving parts to make it all come together. Sure which is one of the things that I was concerned about and also eased by. It's hard to um, it's hard to get a bunch of people to collaborate to cheat when there's so many independent people not even talking to each other who are all part of the process. I was worried about the servers being manipulated by an outside source hacking in. I was worried about Chinese manipulation yep. because I think they're at war with us and we're just too stupid to know or we're too paid off to care. Well, if somebody if somebody doesn't believe that it's a possibility is completely naive because that's what it, well, that's what our foreign adversaries do. And it sounds yeah. like I mean, look, if you've got Donald Trump as the guy you've got to cut a deal with, and you're Xi Jinping, you're China, you want anybody but him because he doesn't care about you, right? And he doesn't care what the world thinks about him cutting a deal with you, and everybody else in the world kowtows to you except this guy. Of course, they want rid of him. They we have. Um, we had a period when I started speaking out against China. We were getting 20 million attacks per hour on our uh, cybersecurity penetrations, which all started out of China. And when we blocked those servers, you could see it go out globally, all back to us. Yeah, um, They're clearly up to no good, and they clearly have a full-on, not a Cold War. It is a hot cyber war going on right Absolutely now. Absolutely right. So my question is, were, were we able to tell, I always thought that, the Chinese must have gotten in. If, if it got messed with, it was done by the Chinese from the outside. It's the only way you could sway enough numbers to have it really matter. And you you don't need a conspiracy. There aren't a bunch of people who need to know about it because Americans can't keep a secret. So, <laughs> so did we, Am I on, am I am I just a nutter? I'm not really a conspiracy guy. That seemed like the most likely scenario to me. Did that confirm that that was not the case? Did the audit confirm that nobody hacked in from the outside and changed the numbers? Because they recounted them and they were reasonably close to what the reporting was. Okay, right? well that's what the media put out the day before the the audit was right. was reported. Set me straight, Sonny. That was that was that's exactly their their media the the lamestream media's their narrative is going <clears> to be to discredit the. Look, they've been trying to discredit everything right. from the beginning. So, right. naturally, when they they say the Maricopa County, one of the Maricopa County attorneys, leaked a draft report. Why a draft report to the media? Right. Okay, which they already started running that night before Thursday night, and then Monday morning, that the numbers didn't change. Biden still won. Blah blah blah. Okay, wait a minute. But wait, there's more. There's the other story. There's the real part of the story. They got the headline, and that's all they did was blast the headline, but they didn't get into the story. Here's an example. 
If you have $1,000 and $200 as counterfeit, do you still have $1,000? No. Exactly right. So that's part of the, the story they didn't say. What uh, President Fan says, hey, we're glad. The numbers that they said reported, the county reported, and the numbers that the auditors, you know, counted, the staff. And now listen, it wasn't Cyber Ninjas that was doing all that onesies and twosies. This was 1,500 volunteers from Maricopa County, regular citizens. Counting that every day. took an oath to themselves that they're going to do the right thing, forget party. We had Republicans, Democrats, independents, no party preference. Regular citizens, the people doing the work. Right. Uh, over 100,000 hours of, of, of effort that, was, that these, these people Let me ask in. you a question. Hang on. Let me, let me get to it. Okay. They're the ones that did all the work. So when you're exposing that ballot envelopes were allowed in with no signature. Now, it either came in through the mail or somebody dropped off a ballot without a signature at a drop box. Or they walked into a polling place and just stuck it in the box, no ID, none of that stuff. So they allowed a ballot envelope to be submitted, opened up, and, and the ballot taken out and put in the system without a signature. We're talking about a ballot envelope that just had a little pen mark on it. They counted that as a signature. All those are illegitimate ballots. They should have never been put in there. So was that sloppy or was that intentional? <clears throat> well, uh, excuse me, when you have onesies and twosies, that's a, that's a mistake. But when you have thousands, that's not a mistake. How many were there? Uh, I don't have those numbers in front of me. There was like 5,000 that had no signature on them whatsoever. And there was another uh, another ones that just had little tech marks on them. I don't have those numbers with me right okay. now. But, but it was but significant. Bar, they're significant to go, wait, 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 time out. And they go, well, you can't tell which way they voted. Well, wait a minute. doesn't matter. They should not be allowed anyway. Right. So that's another, there's another thing there. So wait a minute. That can't that can count. So that's almost then, that's almost determinative. Just that one thing well, is almost determinative. Well, therefore, that's 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 the grounds for going. Wait a minute, this is a problem. This is why we need to take a look at these things. This maybe the perspectively. Look, we got in the audit wasn't to overturn an election. We got in this audit to find out what was wrong in the system. That if we need to fix anything legislatively, prospectively. But now we're finding out that they allowed these things to happen. Also, the people that work the audit. The citizens of, 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 of Maricopa County, they saw every individual ballot. And you could pick up a ballot and know which one's a legitimate ballot because it's the paper, the paper it's weight. It's got a certain weight to it. It's got a certain weight to it, certain a standard to it. Yeah. It doesn't bleed through <clears throat> like Sharpie Gate, remember? But then they had these ballots that would bleed through, Sharpies, because the ballot paper was inferior. Why was that being used? Well, we already have an email from one of the county workers back in October telling everybody to only use a ballpoint pen, black and blue ink during early voting, but on election night or election day, only use a Sharpie. Well, if you use a Sharpie and you're using inferior paper that got in the system somehow um, and there is bleeding through, so that means it has to go through adjudication. Now, normally a normal election has a 4 to 5% adjudication rate. Uh, this last election, we had almost a 12% adjudication okay, rate. Okay, so, let me, five, so let me pause for a second. It's a 550% adjudication rate, which means you have a spoiled ballot. It bled through, somebody poured coffee so, on it. So now it's back to that old Russian saying, it's not who voted, it's who's counting. Exactly. So what happens is if you can put, instead of, say, 37,000 votes in a normal election that have to get human review to codify them right. and put them in a column, now you have... 
10 times that amount or five times that amount. Exactly right. So now you have 150,000. I don't know if you know what the, any of those ballpark numbers were. Off the well, top it's of your a 550% uh, uh, increase. Just, we're talking just Maricopa County alone. So, so they, you have a spoiled ballot that you have to have somebody that's got to observe to make a copy, a physical copy of it. So, you know. Did they do an and audit they had, to look at those discrepancies and see if they went one way or the other? Well, here's Because this is what I was going to say. If you have 100,000 marker votes and you judge them all and they come up kind of down the middle, then it means the human process is working. If you have 100,000 votes and 97,000 of them go for one person, you know there's a racket going on. But so he, yeah, how did but, that go? Well, and here's the thing. is you got this spoiled ballot, so somebody's got to make a copy of it, a duplicate. Okay. <clears throat> uh, well, you're supposed to marry that duplicate up with the spoiled ballot. We have duplicate. We have spoiled ballots with no duplicate, certain nothing to coll to correlate with. So they're not they're not even matching up. So the numbers are not matching. So in we, other words, so we have so duplicates. You don't know if, if this if you have a spoiled ballot and it says Biden on it, and then the the duplicate that should say Biden, but it says Trump. Or wait a minute, we don't actually know because a duplicate ballot hasn't married up to the spoiled ballot, which by law. Is supposed to stay together, like stapled or yeah. So in other words, you had somebody actually interpreting another human being interpreting how you wanted to vote. Right. We have no way of matching that up because they didn't, they didn't match it. So you have thousands of those. Now, you also have like twelve people that are registered to vote at a vacant lot with no mailbox, but they got voted by mail. If there's no mailbox and there's it's a vacant lot, how did those ballots? mail-in ballots get in the system it's not supposed to be forwarded unless you request it so let me ask you when you when you got so the... we have we have thousands of these so i'm going to just say this let's just do quick numbers um biden according to the numbers biden won by ten thousand five hundred. right actually it's ten thousand four hundred fifty yep. whatever so let's just say ten thousand five hundred divided by 15 counties all you need is 700 ballots bogus ballots in the system to get to that number throughout the entire state so if you really want to run a skim operation through your bank and you're a bank guy, you work in a bank and you want to skim some accounts, you take one or two pennies from this account, that account, because nobody, nobody pays attention to change, right? You take a penny here, a penny there. There's thousands of accounts. You do that every week, every month. That adds up. Bank yeah. examiners are not going to catch well, this, you. Where you get caught is when you get greedy. This, right? this is what kind of gets me. It's that called a skim. That it's requires a, skim. a collusion of a bunch of people. Absolutely. And that's hard to or, do. It's just not a bunch of people, just one or two people. One or two people. So all you got to do is do it and know how to do it right. Look, we keep locks on doors to keep honest people honest. Let's face it. There's no thieves in the Marine Corps. You're all just trying to get your own stuff back, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, you think every precinct's got somebody who will put their thumb on the scale? Well, we, we just know that there's there's two counties that are extremely suspect. There's 35,000 ballots of ghosts. We call vote ghost voters that injected in. Is it... Uh, Pima County or Pinal County. Why didn't we do an audit of Pinal or Pima? They're so because much smaller. Because Mar Maricopa County is the biggest county, and we'll let's just do it here. It was it was local. It was here. We figured we would have a, you know supervisors that were going to be friendly to let's get this done, but it didn't didn't work out that way. You know, I there's a, a couple problems. The, the 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 problem is. So bottom line is this: once again, to your friend that says the media said this. Once again, did he have Kool Aid with that whiskey that he was drinking? Because right. you don't believe this media. They're liars. Well, I they're have, liars. I have yeah. no problem yeah. with that. Yeah. I totally yeah. get that they're liars, and I'd string them all up yeah. if it was up yeah. to me. So let me just – I'm trying to wrap my brain around this because these are the conversations I have with yeah. so many patriot Americans oh, by when the way, we talk. But, but wait, there's more. 
It's also illegal to delete anything off these off the equipment. When you're supposed to, it's the law says, federal law, you're supposed to maintain all this data, everything, all the records, everything, not just, I'm going to only, I get to pick and choose what I want to preserve. No, everything for 22 <clears throat> months, federal law, 24 months, state law. Okay. Everything's supposed to be preserved. You're not supposed to do an update on the machines. You're not supposed to do a battery change on the machine. No, they, they were messing around. They, they, and they manipulated that. They deleted stuff off Who's of they? That. When is someone going to go to fucking jail? Okay, we're going to Like, I want to know. This we're is what pisses that. me off. Good, good, why good. should I fucking go vote we're, again? We're, we're going to get... And this is what everybody asks me. Like, how are we supposed to go vote again I'm going to get to that. Going well, I'm going to get to that. This is what I'm saying. This is a long process. It's hard to explain all this in, in usually... You know, a 15-minute TV show yeah, no, and stuff well, we, like that. I want to know what's going so on. So what we found through the audit, there was enough there to go. There's enough criminal activity there that we can identify that the numerous laws are broken. We have certain individuals that have been identified that deleted stuff. We have date and time stamp. We've identified those people. This is evidence of a crime that we believe is a crime. Has been turned over to the attorney general for them to do an investigation. That's Mark Bronovich. That's Mark Bronovich's staff. He's got. He's got. We have an election integrity unit. We've handed everything over. All the. All the. All the evidence that we've got, turned over to them. They've already started their investigation. They've already told the county, put them on notice. You better preserve everything. Don't touch anything. Everything is. This is under. It's gonna be a possible litigation. And everything's under subpoena anyway, so they're not even supposed to touch any of this stuff. Yeah, I mean, there so, shouldn't be any lit litigation. This is criminal. This is not well, civil. No, so this is go to jail. Well, that's there's two things. There's civil and there's criminal. And yeah. this is one part is civil and one part is, is criminal. And But look, that's an investigation. I've been telling everybody, we follow the evidence where the evidence takes us. If there's proof of criminal activity, you can hang your hat on somebody on, on this. That's what you do. That's 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 what law enforcement says. The media says, well, the Senate still didn't find fraud. They didn't say there was fraud. We don't determine fraud. Law enforcement determines and the... the you guys judicial... basically had a political version of a uh, grand jury. We did our own investigation. It's, yeah. basically, it's an investigation. Yeah. Then when you... When, when the, when and law, then you hand the evidence over to the... the, the when law the enforcement does an investigation, murder investigation, burglary, whatever it is, a fraud investigation, they gather the evidence and they, they either prove it or disprove it or whatever. They get incredible evidence. They turn that over to prosecutors and they figure out if there's enough evidence there to prosecute. That's the and, process. And that's Everybody the state, thinks... And, and that's the state of things we're in right that's now. Exact, that's we. That's a separation of powers. Do you that, talk to Mark at, at all? No. 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 Okay. Because it, it's his staff. It's their their investigators, and I mean, they're, I, I, you know, look, they're they're, they're accomplished in, in qualified investigators. They're law enforcement types, and that's what they do. Bernovich, he's a he's a prosecutor. The prosecutors live for this kind of stuff. So you know, everybody thinks the Senate, the legislature, can throw these guys in jail. We need to lock up the we no. lock, I need to yeah. lock up the supervisors, and you know, and, and the Senate president can issue a warrant to go arrest them, which she can't issue a warrant to go arrest anybody. That's right. You guys so had, much to, misinformation. You had to fight all the yeah. Supreme Court just to get the damn documents released from the county. I mean, well, it's crazy. Yeah, well, and yeah, not even all of them, right? Much. Well, we're getting yeah. They've been obstructing everything into the way. We're still waiting for the routers and the passcodes. And, and the who light. are they? Who are they obstructing you guys? Maricopa County supervisors. And those are elected officials, right? And are they all Democrats? No, four out of the five are Republican. How do eighty percent Republican? How are they objecting to this? Well, um, they are. They are. They're. They're. It's all CYA. It's all CYA. And you know what? I, I don't. I, their motives, I don't understand. Because you know, when a CEO takes over a company and he wants to do a wall-to-wall -wall inventory, 
you know, wall to wall, you know, floor to ceiling, inventory and a full audit in the entire company. Um, and if you have managers that don't cooperate with the auditors and that are doing that, that CEO usually fires those people. Yeah, for sure. Well, guess what? Uh, the citizens of Maricopa County, you're the CEO. Right. You're the CEO. You need to hold them accountable. They fought us in the courts to try to fight our subpoenas. So it's yeah. Republican uh, county supervisors. Well, they're registered Republican. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, so yeah. Rhino, these, these are these are uh, institutionalists, county supervisors from Maricopa County. Yeah. Uh, that, okay, that's disconcerting. They're no, not, it's, it, it's not even part. Know, it, it's it, not even partisan politics. It shouldn't be. It this shouldn't. Is, it shouldn't be. Because here's something else. You know, somebody. Steve Chukri was one of the county supervisors who got caught on. Uh, somebody recorded him and where he was saying, "Hey, even he admitted that the the so-called audit that the Maricopa County did was BS because it wasn't an audit, but the media per per perpetuated that lie that they did an audit. They didn't do an audit. One of the companies that look." The election election assistance commission only certifies companies to certify machines that are operating properly at the time of inspection. The county says, "Well, okay, we'll help out. We'll do an audit, but we want to be part of it. But we want to do our own audit." Okay, well, Fan says, "Well, okay, what do you want to do? Well, we're going to hire these two companies." Well, wait a minute, you can't do one of those companies. One of those companies already certified the machines. By the way, they certified the machines after the election. They were supposed to be certified prior to the election. So. And, and they don't do audits. They don't certify companies to do audits. But they, they called it an audit, and the media perpetuated mm -hmm. that lie. And But I keep saying, you can call it an audit all you want. You can call it a ham sandwich. We all know it's baloney. And that's exactly what it was. And so Chukri says, we know, I know what they did was, was BS. It wasn't an audit. The recount that we did wasn't an audit. What um, was bogus, too, because they only did a sample. Um, and he says that he thinks his colleagues, just two of them are scared to death that we would look at the down ticket and find out that they didn't technically didn't win because they barely won like two or hundred couple hundred votes. So technically, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't care Republican or Democrat, a stolen election is a stolen election. Nobody, right. we don't like, look. Elections are technical. It, it, it technically is, it is technical. Well, but yeah, but <laughs> technically you know, we lost. I don't want, I don't want anybody to cheat for me. Right. I'm sorry. When I was rodeo and I said, hey, no. Sonny, give me a hundred bucks. I'll fix the draw for you. No, no, screw that. No, no, I don't want that's bad karma. Anyway, you'll have yeah. to drag it, you know? No, but I want to, I want to win or a loss, but I want to win the right way. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm like, wait a minute. So that meant that they're in the general election. They had Democrat opponents in the general election. So technically two guys that were running for Democrats were running for county supervisor. How do we know they didn't get cheated? How do we know they didn't get cheated? But the media went and the media and the Democrats went silent on this. And they're actually they're all they're all they're all part of it because the yeah. big they don't care. It's about the bigger picture. And the bigger picture was Mark Kelly getting winning the Senate seat and uh, bumbling Joe, whatever, uh, winning, you know, winning, getting in the White House. So people were frustrated. It's Arizona's got to you know do this. We have to do it now. Look what's going on. Look, if we reclaim the electors right now, it doesn't change anything because it's 11 from 306. That means the other states got to get a backbone, too, and reach up and, you know, get a pair and do their job and well, this do their is, own This audit. is one of the things that I've been pushing for. You know, uh, every every revolution, every every shift starts with somebody. Yeah. Um, you know, we didn't we don't talk about the shot heard around the world for nothing. Yeah. And, and is the, it, you know, I was hoping against all hope that Arizona would be the first domino to fall that would embolden Georgia and would embolden 
And it is. And it has. And it is. Um, Georgia's going dealing with things in the courts, and that's they are different, doing it a different way. There's other states that are doing the same. They're fighting in courts. It's just the media burying things. It's things that there are things going on. And there's people, very little justice in the system. And, and people are frustrated because it's not moving fast enough. Look, you know what? God laughs at us when we make our own plans, okay? <laughs> um, but he's also got his own timeline, and you can't rush it. And the investigation has to be thoughtful, it has to be thorough, and it has to be accurate. Is that it way still the, going forward? Yeah. It is. Yeah, well, yes. Yeah. The Attorney General's investigative team has already opened up their investigation. They've already started that. I don't know what where they're going with that because, look, they're not going to come out and say, hey, we have a murder suspect, but but we can't, we're not going to, we're going to tell you who the murder suspect is. And by the way, we're going to tell you what kind of knots they tied the, the victim yeah. up in. And they're not going to just expose that I, stuff. I was mad at the governor, and I'm still mad at him that he uh, refused to, uh, he refused to put our at least our electors in question. I, I I was mad that he you know basically said, well, there's no mechanism for me to put them in question. And I'm like, yeah, there is. Just say it. Just say, look, there's no mechanism. But if it were up to me as governor, I'd pull our electors right now. I'd recommend the governor of Georgia do it. I'd recommend the governor of Michigan do it. I'd recommend the governor of this state do it. I think you all ought to follow suit. We are paving the way for you. I'm on board with our attorney general, and we are going to be throwing people in prison. And you know what? It may take too long to uncoil an election, but we want people to know in the future we'll have your head for it. Yeah, I agree. And, I'm and he didn't do it. I was so frustrated. Yeah, I'm frustrated and very disappointed. I wanted to go back to his fucking ice cream cones. I'm so mad about it, you know? Well, um, on the bright side, he's termed out, and uh, we have another elect governor election coming up. And you know what? And this is what's really amazing right now. With all the question that the Dominion machines are that are questionable, that's every, our suspect, Maricopa County supervisors still doubled down, are using the same machines for this next election. There's municipal elections going on in this county. And regardless if you're on the early voting list or not, permanent early voting list, PEVL, okay, or annual, whatever they're going to call it, um, to vote by mail, they're mailing out ballots anyway. Everybody, no matter how you're registered, regardless if you're on a the, to vote by mail list or not, everybody's getting a mail-in ballot. So people were already reporting that they're getting ballots for people at their homes that don't even live there. Uh, some of them don't even live in the state anymore. Uh, relatives that the people are already come out. So the mail-in thing is the biggest racket. That's exactly right. You you need the that's, the, the only way to make elections work is in person, a, in person, paper ballot, and, and you put it show in a hole. Who I am? Do it this way. That's why we came up with that ballot that you can't counterfeit. Is that uh, going to be used? Yeah. Well, we passed it through the budget. We put, backed it up with money so the counties can't say it's an unfunded mandate. There's some other little tweaking. we got to do this next session to you know, to make it kind of logistically work. But uh, and it takes 16 and 31 to pass that bill. So uh, hopefully we'll we'll have that. By the way, the Democrats all voted no on that. They all and they tried to strip that from the budget, the the ballot countermeasure. But the who votes against it? This is not 1955 the, the, in Selma, Alabama. We're not trying to stop Democrats. black people from voting. No, no, it's that's a lie. Right, See, that's, it's a that's, total it's, lie. It's look. I mean, and look, in 1952 in Alabama, it was true. Sure, but they're playing that song like yeah. we're in Selma. It's not true. Well, yeah, Jim Crow was an invention of the Democrats. So yeah, I mean, all these things that we call voter suppression. Oh, wait a minute, an illegal vote is voter suppression. Right, wrong. Wrong. Yeah, but that's what they're yeah, saying. Right, an illegal vote is voter suppression. 
And yet they, they're okay with a ballot that you can Xerox off and n numerous times over and over and over and over. So let me ask... And by the way, and apparently, I mean, there's another part of the report that hasn't been completed yet, and that is the, what they call it, uh, uh, the kinetic, whatever. We're, there's another analysis of, of determining how many ballots were not legitimate paper and they were not well-folded and they were obviously evidence is Xeroxed off. We have that. That's just being checked and rechecked. Uh, that's another part of the. the let let me ask you a question. I want to ask you about copy ballots. Yeah. So if you have a spoiled ballot where they can't read it or it's bled through and it has to be Adju manually determined or adjusted by adjudicated, a viewer. Adjudicated, yeah. Okay, yeah. adjudicated. Um, they make a photocopy of that? No, you have the original original ballot that's spoiled. There's no copy of that. It's spoiled. Yep. But then somebody makes a, a digital copy or they make another copy. By hand? By hand. Or, yeah. Okay, yeah. and then they'll fill in the bubbles and basically just match what they we match see. They match it in. They match. They count it. And then what, as one, what happens? Not, but we don't know if it's if it's been voted. This happens, one got voted, and this one got voted. Yeah, that, I was just going to ask that. So, <laughs> so if you're adjudicating have, ten times have, as many, we have duplicated ballots. We have ballots you can't duplicate, and they're not kept together. Yeah, this is a complete. Okay, so just so I have my show. terminology yeah, right, yeah. because people ask me about this because yeah. I'm from Arizona and we kind of have an international group of people or yeah. a national audience. We, we, hey, uh, Jason, would you uh, reach up on a thermostat and kick it down two oh, degrees, oh, please? I'm good. I'm good. So we, we have a, we have a spoiled ballot that is going to go through what we call the adjudication process. And in doing so, there is the potential for them to both be counted if yeah. they're not kept together. Correct. And when they're kept together, let's just put it in Greg terms. You staple the two together so it doesn't get double counted. Correct. And then if they're individually in the pile, when you do your audit, you go, okay, which one counted? Or were they both counted? <laughs> right. Also, we had people show up at the polls to vote and said they told them, the poll worker said, you already voted. Yes. Uh, what do you mean? I didn't vote. I, I've you, actually, you I've voted, actually heard that from yeah, several of my you, friends already. You, you voted by mail. No, I didn't. I don't vote by mail. Well, apparently the system says you voted by mail. And then people going, boy, I didn't vote by mail. I want my ballot. So, okay, okay, here's a provisional ballot. Oh, so, I know. That's So here's crazy. the question. Did the provisional ballot get counted? Or did the one that got sent in get counted? We don't know. Oh, yeah. And how did I vote when I voted the first time? I exactly. don't know about. Who voted for me? Right. Exactly right. And, and and do they keep a record of how you voted? Well, once you separate the envelope. It's no, anonymous. You can't marry them up together. Yeah. So it's, um okay, what about, um did you guys do anything with like QR codes or barcodes or something? I mean, enough to where... You know, we've only got six million people here. There's a way to put six million codes on a ballot so you never get a double. Well, that, that's, yeah, I mean, there's serial numbers on these ballots. So, that, you know, that they, that's what I'm saying. These things got to correlate. But the new ballot we came up with has got a QR code so that you can scan it. Like, you know, the restaurant, you, you yep. scan it and go, yep. here it is. And you know that you, you can scan it. That's your number. It's unique to you. And only you know what it is. And you can, when you vote, you can actually go into the Secretary of State's uh, system and say, yep, I voted. We so, counted. Yeah. So let me ask you this. You yeah. have been through this with a fine-tooth comb and talked to with it. You were part of getting the ball rolling in the first place. Yeah. Is, your, is your sense that we're just that sloppy? Or is your sense it was on purpose? Well, I think people took advantage of the system the way its system is set up. Look, everybody wants their instant mashed potatoes. You said it earlier. We should know when to vote, you know, when the polls close, who won. Okay, we're sacrificing accuracy for speed. Who does, what is, who, who, what is the speed benefit? 
speed benefits the candidate. Obviously, they want to know if they want or not. It stops people from cheating. No, no. <laughs> speed says it benefits. I want to know when I won. Okay, I want to That's know true. now. That's true. And the media. It just feeds in the media. We want right. It fits the news cycle. But we're sacrificing accuracy for speed. We're sacrificing accuracy for speed. What difference does it make if it takes five days to count it all? I don't disagree, except if it's being reported in real time that one candidate's behind or ahead, that gives them impetus to put their thumb on the scale and in the back room be changing the votes. Like, and we're not that, ahead yeah, yet. Oh, we're not ahead yet. We're not, we're not ahead we're, yet. We're talk, and now they got three days to get ahead. You're talking about counting. You're talking about reporting. Yeah. So you said it earlier. It doesn't matter who votes or who counts the votes. Yeah. Okay. We want to make sure that that, because, you know, people are not going to, three can keep, three can keep a secret if two are dead, right? But so if you're doing a early, let's just say all the early ballots that came in, you know, three weeks of early voting, let's say all those ballots are already counted. We know what those numbers are. You're, somebody's going to go, oh, Trump's been winning so far. Now you need to, no, you can't release any of that information prior to the polls closing because that will intimidate and influence how voters will vote. Example, years ago when Florida would call the election, right. well, Florida would call, but wait a minute, the panhandle hasn't closed yet. Right. So people in California are going, well, heck with it. The, the race is already over with. I'm, I'm just going to drive home. I'm not going to go vote. Right. So that would that would actually, you know, in, um intimidate or influence voters and how they would vote so you know what look polls close polls close you sequester people get in there and counting i think you need to go to small districts small precincts if there's a, a no more than a thousand people per precinct okay all those votes are there if you have a thousand registered voters there and 900 people vote you better have 100 pieces of paper left over there needs to be accountability in a, of the the paper itself you need to have that tracking of that, hey, there's a thousand ballots, only nine hundred were used. Here's a hundred left over, and you better be able to account for it. There's there's no accounting system in it now. Right. So that's what these are the things that we need to do prospectively to make sure that doesn't happen. Look, you can give somebody an opportunity to cheat, they're gonna cheat. Right. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I I in 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 you know, the job, the most important thing about voting is it has to be as watertight as possible. It's got to be as accurate as possible. Right? And it's, exactly. that's not to keep people from voting. It's to keep people from cheating. Exactly. And it's not the voter who's the cheater. It's the volunteer uh, political agenda activist helpers. The Democrats, no Zuckerbucks, they spent millions, $3 million to Maricopa County. A lot of California people here for the vote, too. Exactly right. Somebody's paying these people to come down here and work. I'm sorry. If you're not from here, you shouldn't be uh, you shouldn't be bothered being involved in our elections. I know. I, I, I heard right. that most of the poll counters here were from California. Yeah. That, heard, that spooks the we, shit out we of we me. We got that report, too. Look, it should be people within those precincts, precinct with no more than 1,000 registered voters voting at the precinct level, hand count paper ballot in person there it is people are there witnesses see the vote count and everything's above board everybody signs a piece of paper under penalty and perjury yada 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 and then you send it to the folk the center point and then it's recalculated there making sure that everything is right look it's just that simple we need to go back to old school right oh but there's there's three million ballots and there are the ones that are screaming and crying they're the ones that don't want to do the work you know what? And it's probably going to come out and be cheaper than the dead gun machines that they're using. And the recounting and the disputing and exactly. the faith in democracy. And right. the, you know, faith in the system. Right. And that's what I'm the most concerned about right now, because, you know, it doesn't matter if they're going to 
um, basically spend the dollar into non-existence. It, none of that matters if guys like me think it's not worth voting anymore. Yeah. Well, I, I'm going to read you something here. Uh, go ahead and keep talking. I'm going to read something. You're going to be. It's very uh, remarkable. It's the most important thing, you know. Um, and and uh, I know Trump's talked about it, and a lot of other people talked about it. It is, and they're saying, "Oh, you're still whining about the election." You'll talk about the football game you got cheated out of the rest of your entire life when you get in the game and it gets cheated away from you. Something doesn't sit right about it. And what I'd want to make sure of, it doesn't matter. Everything else is secondary to making people think that their vote matters. Yeah. Well, the... <laughs> okay, I'm going to read this to you. Okay. Uh, we must give the voters the confidence that their ballot was counted as cast by supporting mandatory, statistically meaningful post-election audits and full transparency of all election results and data. To ensure every eligible ballot is counted by vote by mail, voters must be informed, must be informed of and provided a meaningful opportunity to fix any problems with their ballot. Okay, sounds good, right? That's from page 56 of the 2020 Democrat Party platform. But yet they're the biggest ones that are fighting every bit of this audit and just and the media and everything they can to try to discredit everything we're doing. So they're liars and they're hypocrites when they say they want free and fair and honest elections. They want it porous. They're using the exclusive yeah. exclusivity to make it porous because they know it'll cheat towards the left. Right. So you don't need to have one big particular county to do any, everything. So let's just go with quick, easy numbers. Okay. It's, it's, it's the skim. Uh, Biden won by 10,000, according to the, the numbers, 10,500. Divide that by 15 counties. That's 750 votes. It's 700 votes. Okay. 700. So that means you just need a little bit from every county to sway an election. That's not a lot of people. You just see a little here, a little there, a little here, a little there. That's how it can be done. That was in Arizona had the slimmest market margin uh, of victory than the other states. All you have to do are take the votes that go to adjudication and increase that. All you have to do is increase that a certain number and then um, let them... Uh, be counted individually, right? But, not, 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 and not keep them together. Well, well, but here's the other thing: is too, they also have ballots that came in by mail, but there's no record of them being mailed out. What? Wait a minute, Sonny, say that again. We have ballots that got mailed in. They're on the early voting mail. Okay, early ballot vote by mail. And the voters said they never sent them in. But there's no records of them being mailed out. What kind of record would there be? Well. Who mails out the ballots? The county. Oh, oh, you mean they were never sent to the voter initially? So we have votes that were returned to be counted. That there's no record that not... they got mailed out. The, there's no record of them being mailed. Yeah, from mailed. John Schmuckatelli at 407 Parkview. You're not on the list. We didn't send you one. Yep, I, it's right but here. But here you voted. Yeah, yeah. And he's probably one of those people who went in to vote and was told he voted already. Yeah. Now, it's interesting, has or, it, have the guys, you know, they have to have done this. You know, I haven't done statistics since college, but um, somebody had to have said, hey, let's take all of them from these various different groups of questionable groups, and do they favor one candidate over the other? Yep. Have they done that work? 
Uh, there's, it, there's some more study going on with the actual physical ballot that could, you can tell if it's been a Xerox copy of a ballot, which precincts they kind of came out of, that kind of stuff. That data has not been because that would be fascinating verified. to me because if we just have a sloppy system that kind of breaks, that kind of falls down well, about even, then a, you go, okay, well nobody's put their thumb on the schedule. Well, schedule. when Adrian Fontes, you know, um, in 2018, and when he was running the election, 2018, remember he got elected because of all the long lines and everything else. Well, you know what? They were registering, they, they were doing registered voter registration in, in certain parts of the city, but uh, four out of the five district or areas he was doing it at was all Democrat strongholds, but they did one voter registration drive in a Republican area. But, uh, you know, there's while well, the ballot harvesting goes on in those Democrat districts, solid Democrat district ballot harvesting, which is against the law. And Brnovich, is, his office has already prosecuted people for ballot harvesting and and some uh, election violations already. So that's why I'm very confident the Attorney General staff is going to be looking at everything we got. And hopefully they will verify that everything, what we have, our findings are true and accurate and correct. And and hopefully there's going to be some indictments because I want people, look. I want heads to roll. But if the they deleted data, it's not supposed to be hooked to the internet. That's a federal crime right off the bat. With me, it's like, I told, I even spoke to President Trump months ago when he, we, he called me up, we spoke and you know, I thought it was my buddies, you know, breaking my chops. I almost hung up on him, you know. Buddies, my buddies did that to me when I was in Marine Corps. Yeah, yeah. Playing that they were the commandant. I actually hung up on the commandant one time, but it's kind of which commandant? It was uh, Krulak. Oh, he, yeah. And about an hour later, he came to my office and punched me in the chest. So it was, you know. Oh, it, that's it, pretty. It was, <laughs> that is awesome. But uh, um, uh, what was I saying? Oh, the. Uh, oh shit! Oh yeah, yeah President Trump. Yeah. I go, yeah. He called me up. I'm like, look, you know it's Look, sir, I, win or lose, if you know if it comes out to like you know, hey, you didn't legitimately win, he goes, hey, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. I said, but this is the concerns me most, more than anything, and this is the hill I'm dying on, pure and simple. Forget about who won or lost. This is the one thing that scares the shit out of me. This stuff is hooked to the internet, and things got changed around in cyberspace by foreign actors. Mm -hmm. We expect that from our foreign adversaries because that's what they do. They're our enemy. That's why it's against the law to be online with these yeah. things. And But if we have this done from domestic interference, that's even scarier. Yeah. You know, if that's domestic in, in concert with foreign, that scares the hell out of me. That's treason. That's national security issue. This is a hill I'm not. I this is a hill I'm dying on. This is a national security issue. So, so yeah. when a Republican wins, in order for a Republican to win, they almost have to landslide. They have to be able Two to, to have yeah. the vote of their the power of their margin out out yeah. outweigh the power of the. Thumb you got on a the campaign. Scale. You got to campaign harder than your opponent because they have all the money. They they got money from you know, all these, you know, big businesses and and. Uh, yeah, yeah, they have a money-making machine, and and you know they got big benefactors and nonprofit organizations that everybody donates to because it makes them feel good socially, you know. And you know they just money, they just launder money. I, and by the way, uh, Planned Parenthood, okay, gets funding from the federal government. It's right. a nonprofit organization, right? But what does Planned Parenthood do? They get federal monies from they get money from the federal government. Then they but, donate it back to the they, political they party. They donate it to political parties. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Democrats. It's, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a money laundering scheme for the Democratic Party. Well, and, yeah. and I think the unions in, in, in by and large are money laundering. Yeah. They're money siphoning schemes for the Democratic Party. 
Um, and I don't think that it's reported. We know that's what it is. Yeah. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. You ask your average union member who's gotten in trouble doing something, and they know the union doesn't do much for them. Well, the union's not even standing up for the, the uh, you know, the, for workers' the, rights the, or yeah, anything. for the the fire firemen or the or the police officers or even the nurses or the or, airline pilots or, you know, or the teachers. Oh, with the teachers union, they're they're, they're all about the lockdown and, and the socialist right. You know, right. agenda. Yeah. Well, yeah. um, so let's let's. Um, I think we 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 know there's there's a quagmire in Washington. It's not just a it's not a swamp. Yeah. Let's talk for a minute about the future. Predictions. Right. Um, you will not seek office outside the state. You think? Say again. You think you will not seek office outside the state? I have no desires to go to Washington D.C. All um, right. Um, you know, twenty four. I term out, and um, I'm trying to find you know get uh, make sure I build a big bench for for my district, and it's all about. You know, I I had, I think I've done my service to my country a couple times over, and okay. uh, um, hell, you know, I'm 62 right now and going on 63, and I'd kind of like to go back to ride my motorcycle and fishing and, fishing okay. and, and um, drink a beer at the VFW, you know. But uh, um, um, predictions: mm -hmm. um, Who's going to be the next president? Donald Trump. You think it will be? Yeah, I do. I do too. I think people are waking up. Uh, they know something's not right in Denmark. They see what's going on on the southern border. I'm just hoping that this country can survive I hope until we make get it. back in there. Yep. So my predictions are, I and I'm just, my own opinion, that the attorney general is going to really realize that uh, there was so much garbage here that I'm praying that he nullifies the results of Maricopa County election, at least on the presidential and then come next term, and it's next, almost symbolic and, at that point, come, right? Well, yes, no. I mean, yes, for just for just for the the point of it all. Yeah. If he determines and can confirms that what we findings that this is, I'm sorry, a uncertifiable election, the next legislative session is January. We can't call ourselves in for a special session now, which is frustrating, because I believe there's enough evidence to go. You know what? I just want to reclaim the electors. Right. Let's just reclaim them. Right. If you can't award and, them to anybody. Right. And if the country's going to live with a scam, fine, but we're no part of it. Right. And there's already precedents back in the 1860. There's and, precedents in there if there was a. Having the courage yeah. to do that creates a power pressure, too, because it means the people that come next say, we don't want that to happen again because we need to be counted. Let's get it more correct so we're beyond reproach. And it's a, it's a power grab to grab the power back to the states because everything has been. Um, you know, uh, even from the the the, the um, Maricopa County supervisors, to to have the people that they are elected by and have their vote not counted, it's mud on their face. Yeah, and they so own that, it. And to say, listen, this happened on your watch, and we all not got counted, embarrassed the state, had to pull our electors, and this was a fraud of epic proportions. Don't do it again. We need to be, the people got to gain control. If we haven't learned anything from this exercise, it's states' rights. Yeah. This is a, this is a state legislature has the plenary authority over elections. This is why we were able to do, survive the courts on this because they didn't couldn't shut us down. It's in the constitution of the state legislature have plenary uh, power over the elections. We delegate authority to the counties to run the election, but the overall responsibility falls onto us to make sure that it's done free and fair and, and everything else. And that we set the laws, not the secretary of state's office, not the judiciary branch, but the legislature. 
we need to start gaining control back, taking control back to where it belongs. We've literally surrendered so much power over the years by complacency to the federal government. Oh, the this, federal government's going to do things. City. This was city that did this. This is a county. Yeah, city or county, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so this is municipal and local. This wasn't this wasn't power way on high from far in Washington. But we have well, the we power. screwed it up right here. But right, but it affects the rest of the country. Of, of course, yeah, it affects the rest of the country. I now, just I can't. Now, what it's going to take to like. Everybody's like, well, you need to reinstate Donald Trump, and we need to reclaim the electors. Arizona needs to do this now. Look, we only have 11 electors. Uh, he got 306. It's gonna take. It's gonna take two other states, two other states, to bring it down to below 270. Then it would have to go to Congress. Then it's got to be one state, one you know, one vote. So that's going to be a longer process. So you know, hey, and that's fine. You put a fight up, and they're not doing yeah. a 3.5 trillion dollar tax and spend bill. No. Well, how about? Look, like I said, 60,000 people are poised to come across the, uh, the Yuma sector. Add another another 200,000 is coming up from uh, uh, east of that. How do you do this and not feel overwhelmed by the whole thing? I pray a lot, bro. Can a, government make, can a governor, can a badass governor, can a baller governor make a difference? Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like if we had a baller, it would have made a difference. Well, um, there's some things that... Uh, you know, even if he sent this National Guard down there as the major blocker, the federal government would nationalize this, our state guard, and then they would federalize them. They would federalize them and send them home. And that's 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 how screwed up the federal government is. They don't care about us. This is the Democrat. This is the deep staters that are doing this to us, man. This is the deep state. Can't we the, defy them? I, I we can that, defy believe, them, can't we? I, I bef- I Abbott's, the, Abbott's the, got the guys down at the border. Can't we do the same thing? Well, we're we're uh, I'm working we're working on some stuff right now. Uh, there's a few of us that are putting together a nice little um, strategy idea, and we're pitching it to the governor's office now already. So we need a baller ass governor in. Well, it's kind of like, hey, tell me what I can do. I mean, I don't I'm I don't think the governor wants open borders. I, I really don't. Uh, it's kind of like. Every time we try to do something, we try to fight back. They 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 come back at us harder. We need to be creative. We need to think outside the box. If you don't think outside the box, the cat's going to bury you. And sometimes yeah. say no. And sometimes when the government says, "Say well, okay, come stop us." Well, I, sometimes it's better to ask for forgiveness and permission. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I, I learned that a long time ago. <laughs> Accomplish the mission and let everybody cry about it, and and bring the news cameras yeah. down to where the mission's being accomplished. Yeah. I, I I would, if I were the governor, I would not go down look, following the rules because he's going down. And look, with the crisis that we have on the borders, it's a humanitarian crisis for sure because the humanitarian crisis is being put on the backs of Arizona citizens, American citizens. This is not just. You know, some family coming here, mom and dad and their kids to go pick lettuce because they don't know this is not. There's we're talking, we're talking military it's, age. It's males organized crime and organized crime. We're talking drug trafficking. We're talking human trafficking, sex trafficking. Se- I mean, child pornography. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, this is ridiculous. And, and and they're being they're slaves. This is human slavery. Mm-hmm. They bring over there, and guess what? The cartels run everything. So they're on this side of the border, and their handlers are not going to let them go unless their family gives up more money to the gangs. Crazy. They're trafficking slave. This is human slavery. And where's the Democrats when they're always a bang banging on the drum about slavery, slavery, slavery? When they are complicit, it's going on right and now. they're encouraging this. Right, it's going on right now. And you now, you know, the people that live along the borders in the Hispanic neighborhoods, they're all they're all freaking furious over this. Look, right. There's bars in the windows in two different types of neighborhoods: Scottsdale, okay, Paradise Valley, and the Barrio. Why? High crime rate. 
Look, people down there are being they're being held hostage in their own little neighborhoods. Look. In America, I mean? In, or do you in, mean in, in America. We're talking on this side of the border. Okay. You know, um, my grandparents are all came from Italy, okay? So I'm a second-generation American. So we all know about the Italian mafia, okay? But, you know, those old mustache peats, they plagued on their own. Right. They, they preyed on their own right, because right. they couldn't run to law enforcement. Right. It's the same thing. Right. They're afraid. <laughs> They're afraid if they speak out, something's going to happen to their family members. These people are being held hostage in their own country. Well, and it's just deplorable. And you have sheriffs that are completely overwhelmed. They don't have the manpower. They don't have the resources. And guess what's the big uh, blah, blah, blah from the left? Disband the police. The police are bad. Who wants to do that job? Right. God, I, God bless these guys that are stepping up and they're lacing up their boots and they're getting out there every day. Yeah, for sure. Well, As a Marine, you know what I'm talking about. I do. I yeah. do. Well, I, I'll tell you, I... Uh, I, I try to be hopeful and I try to be optimistic as much as I can. And when I, the deeper I dive, the more frustrated I am. Um, you know, I heard... Uh, we just got to have faith, brother. We got to stick together. We got to stop attacking each other. And, and, and you know what? Just because things are not moving as fast as we'd like, yeah. don't attack the people that are actually in this fight and, and banging oh, so on you've us. You've been getting a lot of heat oh, from conservatives, I can hear. Yeah, yeah, they're going, uh, look, yeah, The yeah, only yeah. heat you're going to get from me is your hair. How the <laughs> fuck did you get in your 60s with that beautiful <laughs> that beautiful head of hair? I'm so jealous. <laughs> Listen, I, to end on a light note, I really appreciate you coming in and chatting with us. Yeah. I love sitting down and having an in-depth conversation because you can't get enough time to hear what's really going right. on. Um, you don't know, are we making progress or is it just quiet off the radar right now? Um, and, and you don't know because a lot of times we hear about stuff through the press. It just doesn't get reported. No. It's not being reported. It's not being reported. And uh, it's it's uh, we're in the middle of a PSYOP. It's all psyop. It's it's a blackout of information, and it's mi just misinformation, disinformation, and to de to demoralize and uh, discredit. And they want to demoralize us, and they want to get us divided. They want us to fight amongst each other. It's right. Zelensky's rules for radicals: go amongst the enemy and agitate, but get them to agitate amongst them. And this way, they're divided, and this way, we just walk away with with the spoils. But uh, look, we have to remember who we are. We're Americans. We don't leave, we don't let up. We don't weaken. We don't surrender. We stay in the fight. Right. This is when we get. This is when it rallies Americans together. Right. Right now we're in the middle of a civil war. Thank God it's civil so far. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's it's a civil war of ideals and and uh, deep staters that we have to stay focused on the bigger picture. We have to keep our faith in God. Uh, and we have to go with his timeline uh, and just have that faith. But as Americans, what are we're our rebellious? <laughs> we're, yeah, we're rebellious by DNA. Yeah. It's, it's the way we are. Uh, but we're always going to stand up for what's right. And we're not going to get bullied. Don't let anybody bully you. I always remember where I came from, as you do. I always appreciate where I came from, even all the adversarial, you know, adversity that I went through. It helped make me what I I am. Sure. Um, non non victim it, it, mentality. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, okay, they just tested me, made me stronger. I rose to the rank of gunnery sergeant. You know, I didn't get there on my own. I got there because of the successes of my Marines fulfilling their mission. Right. You saw that. You were part of that team. You were part of that structure. So I never forget where I came from. And I always remember where I'm at right now because a lot of people helped get me there. 
And I'm very grateful that they, they had their faith and trust and confidence in me on stepping up that knowing damn well, I'm not going to just roll over and be a wallflower or, or one of our uh, weak sisters. I'm not going to do that. Well, well listen. I tell everybody, I tell everybody, hang on. I tell everybody, every human being is like a coin. There's two sides to every coin, right? Side where you came from, your side right, right now. I never forget where I came from. I always appreciate where I'm at right now because a lot of people get me there. Every coin has value, right? I hope you value this coin as much as I value your friendship and dedication <laughs> to service, your service to this country. Oh, Hoorah. well, Hoorah. thank you very much. Um, oh, it's fantastic. Very we will cool. not weaken. We will not let up. We will not ease up. We will fight all the way, 100%. Semper Fi, do or die, surrender is not in our creed. Why don't you let me know if there's anything you reach out, and we'll, I'll exchange information with you before you go, yeah. but let me know if there's anything I can do for my little corner of the world. I, whatever I can, I will. Because um, I'm just, you know, other than voting, other than forcing police to come out and take my mask, uh, put a mask on me, I, I mean, I, I push everywhere I can as hard as I can and try to have little micro votes all the time because you only get to vote every couple of years well you know what what that just be by being involved telling people that you know i encourage okay you know we're donate to a candidate a candidate you know is going to do their job that money doesn't go in our pocket and unfortunately it feeds the beast but because it has to go to advertising radio tv that kind of thing but we, we can't get elected then here's an example i keep saying um gun rights people these organizations, gun manufacturers and all that kind of stuff, they need to start supporting legislatures because without us, the Democrats would unravel every gun right, every Second Amendment, you know, protection that we've got at the state level. We could fight back against the federal government all, all day long. Right. But without us to push back. It's a multi-front war. Exactly it's got to right. happen all the time. Exactly right. Everybody always remembers it's always about the federal government, racism, and everything else. It's the states' rights that are holding the line right now. It's the states that's going to save this republic. If the Brnovich team proves that what we've got was illegal and we have to go from there legislatively and do whatever we got to do, and it proves it, and we can fix the system, hopefully for the next election it doesn't happen again. But you know what? If it if it encourages and gives a backbone to the other states, then we've fulfilled the mission. You know? Right. Um, it, it is what it is. It's going to go whichever way it's going to go. I well, tell, you know, listen, but, I'm glad you're there fighting. And if there's know, anything I can do on my end, you I, let me I, know. I'm supporting Mark Fitchum for Secretary of State because he's a, a leader and he's not going to – he doesn't play the partisan politics. It's going to be about about doing the job and following and, the mission. And who is he running against? Uh, there's a couple of people in the primary, but uh, you got Adrian Fontes and uh, on the Democrat who I, I believe messed, made this whole system in Maricopa County this disaster. Um, and uh, and of course I think Reginald Bolding who's a house. And member. what's the gal who's there now? Name? What's her name? Katie Hobbs. Yeah, she's a nut, seems like yeah. a nutter. Yeah, she's running for governor. Right. Yeah, she's despicable. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we've got and who do you uh, have you thrown your thrown your. Uh, endorsement behind anybody running for governor right now no i haven't done that yet uh i'm i you know it's kind of like i don't know if you want my endorsement sometimes i endorse people and they don't win so <laughs> but uh you know i i i'm staying i i haven't been involved in that one and the same thing with the senate race so um and then how about um uh, as far as state legislators you know uh, walt blackman yeah, yeah. Uh, um, have you do you endorse down at that level uh, he's running for Congress. Of course, they haven't done drawing those lines yet, uh, but I understand uh, 
Um, uh, Eli uh, Crane is a, C- a former SEAL. Yeah. He's running in that district. Of course, the congressional lines are drawing different. There's I have gerrymandering going yeah, on. Yeah, I haven't. It's not really yeah, gerrymandering. They just have to redraw the lines and stuff like that every 10 years. Are they years. moving them? Oh, they have to do it. Yeah, they have to do it every okay, 10 okay, years. Okay, okay, okay. According to the census, the way okay. the population changes. And, okay. Yeah, nobody likes the gerrymandering of the the, what the, the thing that looks like a finger or, you know, <laughs> yeah. or a lightning it's bolt. And one stuff one like street that. that goes over to yeah, a bubble. Yeah, yeah. exactly. No, yeah. And this, the redistricting committee, independent redistricting committee is already drawing the, the lines are changing daily. So that's legislative districts and congressional districts. Too, awesome. So, yeah. But anyway. All right. Well, we're going to wrap up. Hey, everybody. So um, to, to you know, we, we talk about guys sitting around talking politics, people sitting around talking politics. There's nothing like getting folks who are kind of at the table of the politicking that's going on. Politics is not a waste of time. I talk about politics at Thanksgiving. I talk about it at Christmas. I talk about it with my friends. I talk about it when I'm out having a cocktail. Politics is the way us, we as individuals and our society interacts to accomplish the bigger things. We have to not be afraid of politics. We need to talk politics. We need to call people out for wrongheadedness, repeating CNN, being un, being non-factual. We have to be calling each other out because calling each other out is not dishonest. It's the greatest honesty there is keeping everybody true so that we have the light of truth on the things we say and we repeat. It's why we're doing this talk show. It's why we have guests right. on. And I, and I appreciate the, you taking the time to sit down I always tell people, us. don't have the conversation about politics. There's two different things. I always say politics is, is the legislature's like, legislature's like a gun. Politics is knowing when to pull the trigger, okay? Let's have a conversation about policy. Fair Let, enough. Let's have a conversation about the policy, not bring in the politics of it all. Because if you enough. bring up discussion about policy... Then, you know, the politics is trying to get it to move, you know, but uh, getting people. But that's another issue. Let's talk about the policy, the merits of the policy. That's where you have to have the conversation uh, when politics. Uh, and I think you yeah. can I think you can move people when you talk policy too. you can get right. in the shift because you kind of get it down in the nitty gritty of right. facts and reality. Right. Cause, when cause, you just talk politics, it's just a stone throwing. Right. Well, yeah. like, like I said, you yeah. know, is politics is more about the coercion rather right. than the right. co- convincing. Okay. So I always tell everybody, convince me, don't coerce me. All right. So you have a discussion about policy to convince me. If you politics, you try to coerce. Well, Sonny Brelly, Senator, thanks You're for wrong. coming in. We really appreciate Semperify to you. Everybody else, Greg Medford from uh, the World <laughs> Going there with Craig. I'm out.